is Darren Fisher, and this is my wonderful wife, Lindsay. Um, and we are so honored to be here with you once again. We had the privilege of being back here in August. Um, the weather has changed a little since our last visit. It's a lot more cooler out here, so we're thankful for that. Um, but we're so honored to be here and share with you what I believe the Lord has for us today. Um, but before we get into um, the message this morning, as we were worshiping, uh, I just heard the Lord began to speak to me and asked me to say something a little different. And don't worry, I'm still going to say some of the other things on the slide. So we'll get, we'll get there, okay? I know the people in the back are like, wait, what, different? Oh my goodness. But as I was standing there worshiping, well, let me just read these words to you. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And as we were worshiping, I felt like the Lord told me to do something this morning and share this word as we begin. But I think maybe there's someone here, or maybe some of you here, that you have been walking with the Lord for a while, maybe just for a little bit, and his light is shining all around you. And you can see it peek through the blinds of your life. But I think today, the Lord is asking you to actually open yourself up and allow his light to come into you. I think there's some of you that maybe haven't fully opened up the darkness of your hearts, the depths within, and allowed Jesus to come in and sanctify you and redeem you in those areas. And so this morning, I'm going to invite you, as you hear these words that I think the Lord's asked me to speak to you, if maybe you'd consider opening up the dark places of your heart, the places that you haven't let him into yet, the places that you still hold the control over, the spot that you say, Jesus, I'll give you all the things, but not that one. I think the Lord's asking you today to say, would you give me that one? Because I want to use that one too. Because when Jesus died on the cross, like we sang about today, it says that he came to give us life and life abundantly. Not just life, not just some good feelings because we come to church and feel edified and lifted up. But he came because he wants to redeem you, sanctify you. Scripture tells us, our lives tell us that we become new. There is new life when we choose to give our hearts over to Jesus. And I know many of you have done that. I'm just sharing this word with you today. Would you let the Lord come into those places? And maybe, just maybe, he might do something miraculous in you and through you as you open yourself up in those ways. Lord, thanks for never giving up on us. Lord, I'm sure, and even as I stand up here myself, Lord, this word speaks to me. Because, Lord, I know even inside of myself, there's some things that, man, I just have a hard time giving over to you. So, Lord, today we just pause and open up the recesses of our hearts and our souls and our minds and allow you to come in and invade those places because you are the light of the world. And you said, O Lord, that when your light shines, we will never walk in the darkness. So Lord, I pray for those that this word might be speaking to, that today you'd set them free from the darkness that maybe they've been walking in. Lord, thank you for this. We give you our hearts. Amen.
Amen. If that word spoke to you, I'd love to talk with you after service and just pray with you. Um, this morning, I wanted to come and talk to you about something you've probably heard before, and I'm sorry, if the, is the light blinding anyone a little bit? I'm going to put it up a little bit, but that's okay. The light of Jesus blinds people sometimes. His name was Saul. He got knocked off a donkey, blinded by Jesus, and he became Paul, one of the greatest missionaries in the world. So maybe the <laughs> Lord wants to use you. <clears throat> I hope that speaks to someone this morning. I want to share with you this morning about the fruit of the Spirit. Um, before I get into that, I just, I know I've introduced myself, but um, as Vanette had mentioned, um, I have the privilege of working with the Assemblies of God of Northern California and Nevada. Um, specifically, my position is the credentialing director. And what that means is I have the privilege of working with every person here in Nevada and all of Northern California that is called by God into pastoral ministry and is pursuing becoming a minister with the Assemblies of God. And I have the privilege of getting to journey with all of those people. Um, It's an incredible opportunity. Uh, We're so honored the Lord allows us to do it. My wife and I, and I were living in Hawaii. Um, that's where she is from, and we were serving in ministry there, and uh, the opportunity came, and we prayed, and the Lord said yes. And so instead of continuing our journey in Hawaii, uh, we moved to Sacramento, California, which is a different place um, than where we were in Hawaii. Um, and in the midst of that, we've had an incredible year of just life and so many things, um, but we actually just celebrated our one-year wedding anniversary yesterday. Um, and so, thank you. Uh, we spent our wedding anniversary in beautiful fashion, driving from Sacramento to Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, it was just a wonderful drive through the desert. Um, and, uh, and then at Texas Roadhouse, we were there last night. It only took two and a half, two hours, 45 minutes to get a seat at the table. But praise God, we had a seat at the table. Um, we just had to wait a little bit. So, but when I was here with you last, I just want to, I want to clear something up here because I, I shared this last time. Um, now, I was still newly wed, my wife, so just a little bit of our story. We were married on February 12th. I left to start my position in Sacramento on February 27th. My wife stayed in Hawaii until June, and then she moved to California. So when we were here with you last time, she had only been actually in California, us together in the same place for just a couple of months, Um, and I shared with you some things that I care a lot about in my life. Um, I told you that if you ever spend time with me, there's some things that I'll probably talk about, because I love them so much. I told you the first is the Lord, and then I told you that the second was food, Um, and the reason was that is because I had maybe forgotten that I was married um, at that moment, and then I, uh, you know, kind of came in and said, I'm sorry, my wife, my wife is number two, and she said, I'm not sure yet. Um, I just want to share with you, uh, we've been married now for a year, and I just want to let you know as an update, um, my wife is almost in the number two spot. Um, She's much, I'm just kidding. She's totally in my number two spot. Um, And so, but we enjoy those things together, um, and it's such an honor to be able to live life and do ministry with my wonderful wife. So, um, and so thank you for being here and putting up with me for a year. So, appreciate it. Uh, This morning, I want to share with you about uh, some thoughts on fruit from Galatians chapter 5. Really, if I could maybe put it into a question today, I'd probably ask you the question, uh, where are you going? Where are you going? And I hope that the direction that you're heading is towards Christ-likeness. 
Uh, I actually happen to believe that the life of the believer is not just meant to do good things. It's actually meant to become more like Christ so that he can be represented and reflected in this world. Uh, Scripture talks about that, of us being Christ's ambassadors, um, about him leaving, ascending to heaven, and sending the helper, the Holy Spirit, to empower us to go and be his witnesses in all of the world. And I believe that you and I are called of God to represent him in this world and all that we say and all that we do. And so I want to talk about these thoughts about what are you sowing? Where are you sowing? And talk about Galatians 5. So we, if you've opened up there, you can journey along with me. But I want to read these couple verses to you and probably familiar to you. Um, but I want to read them today. It says this in Galatians 5 verse 22 to 23. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now, your Bible may use a couple different words there depending on your translation. And I think all of those things are very good things to study on and consider what does it mean to really emulate those characteristics in your life. But I want to begin this in giving us some greater context here. Um, I really believe that context is crucial to an adequate understanding of Scripture. So I'd like to kind of zoom out a little bit here and look at this whole latter part of Galatians chapter 5 together. I want to read through these verses with you. But the first thing I want to give you as a thought today is that this passage does not say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. It doesn't say that there's lots of different fruits that come. It says there is a fruit that comes from the Spirit of God within a person, and these are the things that come from this reality of fruit. But let's zoom out a little bit here, and let's look at Galatians chapter 5. We'll go back to verse 13 and through the remainder of the chapter and zoom out, and I just want you to hear these words of Scripture today. It says this, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You know, Paul writes words in the epistles and sometimes I go, that just makes sense to me, right? If we devour each other, we're probably going to destroy one another. And he says, keeping this command, love your neighbor as yourself. That's a whole other sermon for another day. Verse 16 says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. I want to read this again. So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, And the Spirit, what is contrary to the flesh, they are in conflict with each other, so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Verse 16 is so powerful to me here. It says, I walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. By no means would I want to make light of the difficult journey that we go through. 
Yet I am affirmed by these words that Paul writes here that, man, in the areas that I struggle, if I can learn to walk by the Spirit, I'll no longer be consumed by wanting to gratify my flesh. I'm thankful for that. Verse 19, the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But... The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. Paul is working very hard here in this passage to create this juxtaposition between those that he say will not inherit the kingdom of God and those that he would say will inherit the kingdom of God. Those who are filled with his spirit that are being shown this fruit. You can read throughout the New Testament and you're going to see some other moments where Jesus speaks about this. Paul writes about this, that you will know them by their fruit. You'll know them by their fruit talking about his disciples. I believe that that is still true today, that we will know them by the fruit. But I want to share a thought with you today, because you've heard it said many times, the fruit of the Spirit. But can I propose to you that the fruit of the Spirit is more than the fruit you bear, it's the seed you sow. I want to say it again, because it's crucial to our thought today. The fruit of the Spirit is more than the fruit you bear, it is the seed that you sow. You know, one of the things that I enjoy in my life is fruit. Um, that's food. So yes, it's part of my top three. Um, and so, uh, and uh, there's some incredible, there's just so many, how, how many of you have had delicious food before? Just raise your hand. Everyone's had something delicious in their life, right? And when I talk about delicious food, maybe initially some things pop to your mind. You know, oh yeah, this was good, this was good. But do you ever take the time to pause and really consider the process of what produced that thing? Now, I'm going to talk about fruit today because I think it's very powerful. But what I would first like to say is that you can't always judge a book by its cover. Now, this is a real apple, but I brought a picture of some fake ones. Um, there is a show, I don't remember the show, but one of these incredible cake people like... Buddy versus Duff. That was the show on the Food Network. Maybe you've seen it. Buddy versus Duff. Two incredible cake people. And they had this competition to create lifelike cake things. And so this guy, Duff, and his team made a fruit stand completely out of cake. Like, those are cake things. Like, that's not an onion, and that's not an orange or a lime or a lemon. Those are actual, that's cake. And it looks like real things. If you pick that up and took a bite out of it, it is not a piece of fruit. 
Now, have you ever had that happen to you where you grab something and you're like, oh man, that apple is going to be good and it's delicious. And then you go and you take that bite and it's squishy and it's rotten or it's not what you thought it was. You ever gone in the fridge for that drink of milk late at night because you're just going to go get the swig out of the container because your wife tells you, you know, you can't do that, but she's not around. She ain't going to know. And you go in, you take that swig and it's curdled and you're like, oh, this is so terrible. You don't want that. Now, here's the truth. Sometimes we try to look like we're the delicious piece of fruit when the reality is if someone got a bite of it, they would taste some bitter, sour, nasty things. <laughs> it's true. Because the fruit of the Spirit is something different. But I'm not talking about fruit today. I more want to talk about what's inside of fruit. And maybe you've seen it before. Well, let's see if we can get this. Ooh. Oh, hold on. We didn't practice today. There it is. We're talking about the thing inside fruit, the seed. Now, yes, this is a real apple. Yeah, I broke it. It's a thing. I have an extra one in case that one didn't work, just so you know. I had a backup. <laughs> <clears throat> I had a backup. Kind of tweaked my arm on that one a little bit. I had to work hard for it. But I want to talk to you about this little, can you guys see it? I know it's small, but can you see this little thing in there? That's an apple seed. Now, here's what blows my mind. And maybe you're a farmer. Maybe you've been around these things. I'm not. I'm a city boy. I grew up in the city. I just enjoy the things that come from the farms. But it's incredible to me that I can take this little tiny thing and put that in the ground, and it won't just give me an apple. It will give me an entire tree that will produce apples for years. That blows my mind. But to get an apple, I have to plant an apple seed. If I plant any other seed, I'm not going to get an apple. Now, here's the other piece that is really profound to me. And if you've ever, I mean, maybe you have been a part of this and you know, but it takes a full-grown apple tree to mature to a fruit-producing age, sometimes up to 10 years, from the time you plant the seed to the time that the tree produces fruit. This blew my mind when I discovered this. Because I want you to grasp this reality today. I'm not just talking about fruit that we eat. I'm talking about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm talking about love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. I'm talking about these things that come from time when we plant the seed of the Spirit within us. Allow Christ to plant those seeds within us, within our souls, our minds, our hearts, deep within who we are. That then over time, these things will grow and then produce the fruits. Now, maybe there's something in this list of characteristics we're talking about today that you hear that and you go, Darren, I'm just, hey, I'm good on like some of those ones, but like patience though, oh Jesus, help me, right? Let me tell you, when it hit the two and a half hour mark at Texas Roadhouse yesterday, now granted, it was in the parking lot of where we're staying, so like we're just chilling up in the room waiting for a text message, but then we're like, oh, maybe, it, maybe they'll be quicker. We'll go wait down there. Can I tell you guys, there's a moment in my heart where I was like, Lord, I don't know if I got enough patience right now, (laughs) 
right? Now, here's the kicker for me. This literally happened in my mind. We've been waiting for hours to get a table to have dinner last night, and this honestly crossed my mind. I'm irritated. I'm a little frustrated. I'm agitated. I don't like that we had to wait for a long time. I was hungry already. I'm tired because I got up at like 4.30 in the morning, and we drove all the way down to Las Vegas, and all these things are going on inside of me, yet then this reality hits me, but I still called you to show them me. I still called you to show them me. And so I'm here, irritated, agitated. I want to, like, just be bitter a little bit, you know, and say, what's, like, what's taking so long with this? Don't you know it's our anniversary today? They didn't care. It's all right. And, like, all these things. But the reality was, when the text message came and we walked in there, I had to take a breath, and I said, Lord, help me to show you the people that we interact with in this place. The person at the door who was having to deal with every other irritated person who came in there, Because let me tell you, everyone in the parking lot was waiting two hours that night. (laughs) And we weren't the only ones who had to wait like that. So everyone's coming in a little upset. Yeah, I took this moment just quickly inside of myself to say, Lord, help me show you. And so we went in and we had a delightful conversation with the young man who walked us to our table about his favorite movie. We had our server come to the table. Her name was Taylor. And we talked story a little bit and encouraged her because it was a busy, tough night. Why? Because years ago in my life, I've chosen to plant seeds that let the fruit of the Spirit be true. Darren can be patient. Darren can love. Darren can do all of these things, not because Darren is capable, but because the Spirit of God that dwells in me is greater than the Spirit that dwells in this world. And I'm capable because of Him. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. There's another passage that Paul writes that says, think on these kinds of things. Think on these good things, whatever is lovely, whatever is pure. Think on these kinds of things. Today, I would challenge you to think on these things. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control are those things that would describe you. If I went around to the people around you, would these be the descriptors? Or would they have a different story to tell? Now, not to put you on blast, please know I'm not going to go do that this week. Yes, we're here all week. We're not going to go to your work and ask everybody, like, we're going to take notes and come back, you know, and do that. We're not doing that. But I'm challenged by the reality that when I was 16 years old and I made a covenant with the Lord, I said, Lord, this is my covenant with you. Wherever you send me, I will go. Whatever you ask me to say, I will say. Whatever you ask me to do, I will do. This is my covenant with you. I was 16 years old. And I recognize that when I made that covenant with the Lord at 16 years old, I made a commitment to say, my life isn't mine anymore. Lord, I'm giving it to you. Galatians 5 hits on this a little bit. It says that we have crucified the flesh. We've laid our lives down so that Christ might live in us and through us in this world. And friends, I wish I could tell you that there was another backup plan for reaching the world for the kingdom of God, but i got to be real with you. There isn't. It's you and me. This is the plan to reach the world, is those who follow him. I want to give you some thoughts on fruit this morning out of these passages. The first is this. Fruit can't grow unless it is planted. 
Fruit can't grow unless it's planted. A seed has to be sown. And fruit isn't achieved by working. It's birthed by abiding. It's birthed by abiding. I'm not sure if that's a word that we don't use that word often just out and about at the grocery store, you know? Um, But we do in the Christian walk. We use that word abiding. Fruit isn't achieved by working. It's birthed by abiding. There's a parable in the scriptures, it talks about the farmer who goes out and sows the seed, and then he comes back out, and he's like, wow, look, stuff's growing. Isn't that neat? <laughs> and he waits, and he tends it, but it's not just by working, because there comes a point where the seed is going to birth something, because it's abiding. Fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, is not birthed simply by working. It's birthed through abiding. Here's what I mean by that is that you can't achieve these things on your own. You can't achieve these things on your own. You can try real hard, and can I be honest with you, you can fake it really good. You ever been there faking it before? I sure have. Oh man, I can fake being nice to somebody. You ever been there? (laughs) You're nice to their face, but oh, you walk away? Oh no, no. And I'm just like, wow, like, that fruit is not love right there, man. <laughs> like, I've been with people like that before. I've been there before, right? So it doesn't come by what I can do. I can't just fake it. I can't just be on the outside and tell you that it's beautiful fruit, but on the inside it's rotten and it's falling apart. It doesn't work like that. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Scripture also tells us that God is love, that through his spirit we can love perfectly. We can do these things. So it's not birthed by what I can do. There's not a practice. Now, can I practice doing these things? Yeah, absolutely. You can practice patience. You can practice gentleness and self-control and faithfulness and goodness and peace and joy and love and kindness and all these things. Absolutely. But friends, I got to tell you something. The real growth of the seeds planted within you come from abiding, sitting at the feet of Jesus, spending time with him. For your whole life, your whole Christian life, you've probably heard folks like me speaking to you in churches, encouraging you to spend time with the Lord every single day. Why does that matter? Because abiding is what births the fruit from the seeds that are planted. It's not just the things I do. It's actually sitting in his presence, learning to be with him. How can I represent Christ well as his ambassador if I don't really know his heart? And how can I know his heart unless I actually sit with him and learn from him and glean from him in his presence? Matthew 13 says this in verse 3. It's the parable of the sower. It's probably familiar to you. It says, He told them, saying many things in parables. Jesus said this, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seeds fell among thorns, which grew and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Fruit cannot grow unless a seed is planted. But a seed planted anywhere other than good soil may not produce adequate fruit. So what does that mean for us today? 
Well, I would propose to you that for you and I, what that means is to prepare the soil so that the seeds planted can grow. Prepare the soil. Because seemingly, the farmer here, the sower, as he's going out and scattering the seed, have you ever just thought about this for a second? He could have just chose to only put it on good soil. Why does he waste seed? That doesn't seem efficient. That doesn't seem economical. But I wonder if the Lord in his sovereignty scatters seed of the Spirit across all people so that they might catch a glimpse that he is real and with them. That they might just want to cultivate the soil of their hearts to be able to receive the seed and allow it to grow. Because maybe you and I, I can look at myself in this story and I can tell you the moments where I've been the rocky places, where the soil of my heart has been the path that was hard, packed down dirt where nothing could grow. I can tell you the moments that I've been there, but then I can tell you about the times that I really allowed the Lord to, to shape and, and mend the soil within my heart that when the seed fell on it, it could be in good soil and it could grow into something great. The Lord's not wasting seed. He's trying to draw people closer to himself. And friends, i got to tell you today, forever and always, he's been trying to draw you closer to him. Always. He will always want more of you. He will always want a deeper relationship with you. He will always want a more intimate relationship with you. It's the nature of our God. It's who he is. And he constantly is drawing us to him. So fruit can't grow unless the seed's planted, but I don't plant the seeds. He plants the seeds, and i got to cultivate some soil with his help. The second thought I have for you is this. Fruit takes time to grow. It takes time to grow. Fruit is fragile. It takes good care to produce good fruit. I share with you that simple thing about the apple tree. If, you're, if this intrigues you, I'd encourage you, go look up apple trees and the process of apples growing. Because it's profound to me to think that a little seed may take 10 years before fruit can be produced. Because let's be real here. I like stuff quickly, don't you? Right? I, I grew up, now I'm not saying this is the way to live life, but I grew up in a setting where the only food that a lot of, most of the food, not all of it, most of the food that happened in our house came out of a microwave. Right? Like, I had TV dinners and was put in front. Like, that was just my life all the time. Like, we had those. It's quick. You pop it in there, hit the thing. It's nice. It's convenient. It's good. But when you want the nice meal, man, it takes some time to prepare. (laughs) Right? You ever been there before? I've been there where you're like, oh, I'm going to make this food tonight. It's going to be so good. And then you get home from work and you're like, that takes too long. Can't do it. Microwave. (laughs) Leftovers. No way. (laughs) Too much work. Right? Fruit takes time to grow. But it is so worth it. It says this in James chapter 5, verse 7 to 8. Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters or you'll be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Be patient until he comes, until the fulfillment of what has been planted. You know, there's been some things in my life that the Lord has spoken to me in different ministry positions, places where I was, and I thought that they would happen quickly. I thought the Lord spoke it, so certainly, Lord, you know how to produce this thing real quick. 
And I thought it was, t- it was the time right then that it was going to happen. What I didn't understand is that there was a lot of other pieces that the Lord was working at getting in place. And five years later, the thing that I thought he was going to do right then in 2014, in 2019, was actually the time to harvest that. But I was being an impatient farmer. <laughs> I was like, hey, I see the seed. I see what this is going to grow into, right? When you go to the store and buy seeds, the picture on it is not just the seeds. What's the picture on the front? What's you're going to get, right? <laughs> you don't just get a little thing and you're just like, oh, wow, look, little black things. That's nice. <laughs> I sure hope that's going to be good. No, you see pictures of this. <laughs> This is what you see. You're going to get apples like this from your tree, right? And that's the reality is that sometimes we see that thing, but we think it is immediately going to be given to us. But maybe the Lord has to do his work still. Maybe we're not all the way there. We have to allow the fruit. It's time to grow in us. My third thought is this. It takes fruit to grow fruit. This is simple. It takes fruit to grow fruit. Fruit reproduces itself. Proverbs 27.17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. I love this when I think about the fruit of the Spirit, when I think about the seeds that we sow. Track here with me for a second. In order, and I think it's beautiful. Lord, you're so smart. This is so cool, right? One of the ways that the Lord has designed us to be able to learn and grow to become patient is by someone being patient with me, by someone showing patience. How do I often experience what true love looks like? By experiencing someone who loves. Pick any of those things, goodness, kindness, gentleness. What does it mean to be gentle? How can I really embrace that? How can I have that fruit in my life? Well, often I'm going to learn that by experiencing someone being gentle. So it's beautiful to know that believers themselves are one of the tools that God uses to grow the fruit inside of us from the seeds planted. So why would this matter? Because we're called not just to represent Christ out in the world, but also right here inside the walls of the church. It takes fruit to grow fruit. Why? Because inside the fruit is the seeds. When I was a kid... Um, one time, I only did it one time because I was terrified for my life. Absolutely terrified. I was in a watermelon eating competition. And what happened that day is I was told my whole life that if you ate the black seeds of a watermelon, a watermelon will grow inside of you and you will die because a watermelon is growing inside of you. And I would fear for my life. Every single time I ever had watermelon, I would sit there and pick out black seeds. Every single time. Yet, I could eat a lot of food, and I said, you know what, I'm going to try to win this competition. I like winning things. I'm competitive. My cousin was in it, and I said, yeah, I'm going to do the watermelon eating competition with you today. And so we get up there, and they start handing out these giant pieces of watermelon to all of us that we're supposed to eat. And they hand me my watermelon slice, and you know what's in it? Black watermelon seeds. And I stood up there, and I was just scared. Like, I, was, I didn't know what to do, because I thought, how can I eat this? I can't just eat this watermelon. I will, I'm not going to make it. So they say go. 
and I start picking out the seeds of the watermelon, okay? I'm picking out the black seeds. I look over at my cousin, and she's just going to town on this thing, eating all of it. And now I can't focus because my cousin Angela is going to die because she ate the black seeds, and you can't do that. And I'm sitting up there picking seeds, and I'm like, like, I would pick it out from an area and take a bite and pick it out. By the time I got my second bite, every person was done. I was clearly last place. I lost that day. But I knew, at least it's not true. Can I just clarify this? If you eat the black seeds of a watermelon, no watermelon doesn't grow inside of you, and no, you will not die, okay? That's not true. But I was convinced that that is what happens. Now, let me tell you what I'm convinced of today, is I know that when the Lord plants seeds on good soil, they will grow and produce his fruit. And I'm convinced of that no matter how long it takes. I'm convinced of it just like as a little kid, I was convinced about the black watermelon seeds. And I lost that competition that day, but today I feel like I'm doing pretty well on my walk with the Lord. Because I understand that this spiritual truth, it takes fruit to grow fruit. And I'm so thankful for the people around me, because I don't come from a Christian home. I don't come from a background of learning these things from my family and the people around me. I'm so thankful for my brothers and sisters in Christ who showed me what it looks like to love, to be patient, to be kind, to be good, to be gentle, to be faithful, to have self-control. I didn't just learn these things on my own. I learned them from watching other people and the Lord teaching me through them. Sometimes the Lord uses others to really shape us and mold us. As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Fruit reproduces itself. You know what else that tells me? It's always worth it. It's always worth kindness. It's always worth goodness. It's always worth this fruit of the Spirit, even when I don't feel like it. Why? Because I know that those seeds will produce more fruit. So I choose to have those things. I choose to sow that seed. My last thought is this. Fruit is not the focus. Fruit is not the focus. And you're like, Darren, you're talking all about fruit. You just spent the last like 35 minutes talking about fruit. I know. Listen to this. It's great. Fruit is not the focus. Fruit is attractive and fruit nourishes, but it is not the focus. My really good friend Josh says it this way. Fruit is none of your business. You might be thinking, what? Hold on a second. Here's why I think that. Here's why I'm saying that today. In John chapter 15, Jesus said this. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. Remain in me, as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Another word often used there is abide. It must abide in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain or abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be 
my disciples. Jesus is real clear here that it's not the focus of the branch on the fruit, but branch upon the true vine, his name is Jesus, that through your connection to him, wonderful fruit is produced on the other end. But I have found that when you are so captivated by the fruit, sometimes you're not as paying as much attention to the vine that you're connected to. And can I tell you that there's other vines that produce fruit too. But there's one true vine. His name is Jesus. In fact, I think this reality traces all the way back to the Garden of Eden in Genesis. It was the captivation of the fruit that led to the fall of man. They forgot about this reality. So why does all this matter? The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The thoughts that Paul is unpacking here really continue into the next chapter, into Galatians 6. And it says this in Galatians 6, verses 7 to 10. It says, Don't be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers." You know, I memorized Galatians 6, 9 years and years ago. I could tell you that verse. But I think when you see it in its full context, it gives some deeper meaning here. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we don't give up. Give up on what? The fruit of the Spirit. Sowing those seeds. Letting it cultivate and grow within you. One of the best ways to cultivate the seeds of the Spirit that are planted within you is to allow that fruit to be true in your life. Choose those things. Choose love. Choose kindness. Choose goodness. Choose patience and peace and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. Even when you don't have to. Why? A man reaps what he sows. Paul writes it here. He says, don't be deceived. God can't be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And be thoughtful of why you're doing it. Because he continues and says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. But whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. There was a point in my life where I I did things because I was trying to do it for me. I was trying to do things for me. I was trying to earn myself a better position on the team. I was trying to earn more money for the business I was working for. I was trying all these things. It wasn't about Christ being made known. Here's the difficulty, friends. Here's the difficulty. is sometimes the motive isn't always seen. 
And you may live your life in such a way that is loving others whenever it is capable for you. It said, Paul finishes this. It says, let us do good to all people. Let us sow the seeds of the Spirit to all people wherever we go. And friends, let me encourage you in this. Whatever the response is and whatever you hear from others around you as you choose to do those things for the kingdom of God, the response is irrelevant because it's for your king. And when someone looks at you being kind and gentle and faithful and loving and all these things, and, it's, and they look at it as a manipulative thing or they look at it in these, as these negative ways, if you know that you are doing these things because God has called you to them and you're choosing that he would be made known and be made famous in this world, Friends, the enemy will come against you with words you hear back from other people. He'll try to bring destruction. Scripture tells us that he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan doesn't want us to succeed. The principalities and powers of this world do not want us to succeed in adequately representing Christ everywhere that we go and everything that we do, everything that we say. So can I encourage you today? Can I admonish you today? to stand firm and be courageous. And after you have done everything to stand, stand. Amen. 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 I can't go into it. I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit now. So maybe, or sorry, the armor of God. Maybe next week. You're capable. And you are chosen. I love the Bible study you guys got going on. You should all come out to that. It's great on Monday nights. (laughs) It's incredible. You're chosen. It's true. Why? It's actually in John chapter 15. And I can, if I could leave you with something today, as you go this week, I'd encourage you, open up your Bibles and read John chapter 15. Read John 15 and see what Jesus has to say about the vine and the branches. When you get to verse 16, it's going to say this. It's going to say, for you did not choose me, but I chose you. You did not choose me, I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Can I give you the Darren Fisher translation today? And sow seeds. Because those who bear fruit unintentionally end up sowing the seed. Why? Because someone's going to take that fruit off of that branch and they're going to eat the black seeds of the watermelon. (laughs) Because that's how the Spirit of God works, right? It's not how the world works. But they're going to consume that fruit and those seeds are going to be planted inside of them. And then God's going to take what has been planted and grow it into something great. Let me pray for you guys today. Lord, I thank you so much for your sons and daughters here at New Hope in Overton. And Lord, I know that you see them and that you know them. I know, O oh God, that you are aware of all of their circumstances in their lives right now. So, Father, I ask that today as we let these words that you've spoken to us sink deeply, that we wouldn't just go out of here with a message to make us think about some things, but, Lord, that it would inspire us and encourage us to truly choose to remain in you, to abide in you, Because, Lord, it is through remaining in you that we know fruit can be produced. So today, Lord, we choose the true vine. You, O Jesus. Lord, I pray for those here today who need a healing touch in their bodies. Lord, I ask right now by the power of your Spirit that you would heal them in Jesus' name. 
Lord, I pray those waiting on prognosis from doctors or upcoming surgeries or treatments. Lord, I pray for them right now in Jesus' name that you would bring good reports, Lord. I pray for their physicians that you would give them wisdom. Lord, I pray those who need a, for those who need a miraculous financial miracle. Lord, I pray that you would come through like only you can. In Jesus' name. Lord, I pray for those that are here today whose family members are far from you. I pray, O oh God, that you would meet them exactly where they are today. That, Father, people would come around them just as the sower did, and that they would sow the seeds of your Spirit all over them and around them. Lord, that they would encounter your love, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, your gentleness, your faithfulness, and your self-control. Not just through their family members, but through others, even strangers, O Lord. I pray, O God, that your work would not be done here in New Hope Overton. Lord, we know that you are at work doing incredible things. So God, I pray for this body. And Lord, we pray for those who you would call to be in this place as a part of this incredible ministry here in Overton. Lord, I pray for everyone here, Lord, that as they go out of this place today, that you would go before them and behind them. Lord, I pray that you would speak to their hearts, that you would speak to them, Lord, in a way that they can truly understand and hear you. So, Lord, I pray for ears to hear. I pray for eyes to see how you are at work in them and around them. Lord, I pray for a deeper revelation of who you are. So, Lord, I pray your blessing upon these wonderful people today. I pray, O Lord, that you would bless them and that you would keep them that you would make your face to shine upon them, Lord, that you would turn your countenance towards them, and that you would grant them peace. In Jesus' mighty, powerful name, amen Amen. and amen. New Hope Overton, God bless you guys.